I'm Andrea. And I'm Claudia. And we are the Judgy Crime Girls. Yes, we are. Hello and welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> like, we haven't been here in a while, and we do apologize for being a little irregular lately. Yeah. But we've um, had a lot going on in our lives. But here we are. The weather got warm. Too hot. Mm-hmm. The sunshine was calling. I got a little bit of a tan, and usually this white girl don't tan. Look at you. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because we always have the lights pretty dim in the studio. It makes us glow. <laughs> Yeah, I feel kind of tanned. I'm probably not. But it's like when you have your sunglasses on, you're like, oh, damn, I have a oh, never mind, I don't. <laughs> you know, then you take them off. I got some new shades. Ooh, what do they're you think? like 1950s. Ah, like they're like winged. I love them. Thanks. So I put my sunglasses on. Uh, on Saturday, we went to my boss's lake we crashed her lake place for the day and i put on sunglasses that i bought maybe a year or two ago but i hadn't worn much because i left them upstairs and totally forgot about them and i'm like what do you think i feel so fancy with these and alex was like you look like a fly <laughs> he's like it doesn't look bad but you look like a fly because they're so big and then he kept saying why are you fidgeting what are you doing and I'm like I'm pulling down my shorts and he's like why dude my thighs they're just thicker than the snicker and my crotch is like <laughs> gobbling them up and I know there are people out there that totally know what I'm talking about <laughs> when your shorts start riding up God, it was so annoying. So I'm going short shopping this weekend and <laughs> buy some that maybe fit me. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore. Summer is hard. It's like you bust out all of last year's stuff. Right. About half of it works. And then the other half year does mad. It doesn't. Uh, and I'm mad at the clothes. I should be mad at myself. <laughs> but whatever. So I'm going, I'm going shopping this weekend and buy some summer shorts well that'll be fun shopping is good it gets frustrated because i i really don't know what size i am i should try dressing rooms but i don't you don't i don't i'm so grossed out by them don't ask me i have no idea i feel like i'm being watched they're just weird i just don't like dressing rooms i measure my shorts around my neck <laughs> If anybody has ever seen it, you know, let me know. Maybe I'm not the only one. So in the store, mm -hmm. you put the shorts around your neck? Yep. I put them behind me and just the waist, you know, from one end to the other. And if they just touch comfortably, then they will fit you. If you have to like pull, they're too small. And if you have a lot of room, they're too big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I how I do it. Maybe it's just Germans. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. They have fitting rooms in Germany. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you just never use them. I don't. Mm -mm, okay. Ever. All right. Gotcha. Uh, whatever size you are, you look beautiful today. Thank you. Hey, I wanted to say something real quick. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about snacks and for people to let us know what snacks they were eating to give us some ideas. And we got some response. And I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your snacks with us. Thank you for sending those in. Some of them I've never even seen or heard of. Interesting. Loved it. Thank you. You guys, today I brought a banana. That is not a banana. It's an abomination. 
And this banana has had a long day. I put, it in, I put it in my bag this morning and I put it in the fridge and then I came here and it is the saddest looking. It is super sad. Like the top is already off. It's not in good shape. Rest in peace. <laughs> but it's just the outside. Well, it's kind of mushy here. We could share half of a half. Our snack is this banana that is not having it. Our fact was something that I saw online that really surprised me. The U.S. is at an all-time low for solving murders. Yeah. Close to 50% are solved, which is terrible. That is terrible. And Germany is 90% solved. Claudia, tell us why on earth you think this might be. Well, I think part of it is the size, too. The U.S. is just so big. Germany only has 80 million people. The U.S. has 340 million, I think, maybe 330. That could be it. I mean, I'd like to say we're better. <laughs> maybe it has to do with different states, mm -hmm. you know, different laws. Maybe people are moving around. and Yeah. And I think that is the biggest part. I mean, look, even how long Israel Keys got away with killing people because he would travel all over the U.S. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard because nobody communicates. It really surprised me because we have more forensic analysis. Mm -hmm. We have everything we need now. It just, it costs money. Right. And I don't know if money is the issue. I look at some of these unsolved cases that have DNA just sitting there. Yes. That is crazy. That is your facts and snacks. Yay. Yay. I just want to recommend real quick a doku series. I just finished it. And this one is so crazy and wild. Uh, the Curious Case of Natalia Grace. And it was so crazy and wild. And it made me so mad. So if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. Let us know what you think about it. Is it's that just the one you posted? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess we had a really good response on Facebook, and there were different opinions on whether she was a child or an adult. Interesting. I don't know. But it was crazy and wild, and the adoptive parents are... Poop. Is that on Hulu? Oh, I'm sorry. It is on Discovery Plus and on HBO. Sounds good. Yeah. Go check it out. I wanted to share a case with you today. It's one of my absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. And I think that we'll just probably laugh the whole time. It's a love story. Which Some... I'm usually... No. Yeah, I know. We're not... We're, we're not lovey-dovey people. We don't like romantic movies. This is kind of a funny love story. Mm -hmm. I think you and I will get a kick out of it. This is the story of Carl Tanzler. Yeah. I think you know mm -hmm. it or know of a it little, at least. Mm -hmm. But if you guys don't know this story, you are in for a treat because he takes his unhealthy obsession to an entirely new level. <laughs> and if yeah. you go this far for someone, just know that you shouldn't. <laughs> well, how far is too far? Exactly. Let's dive in. Yes. So this case begins at the Marine Hospital in Key West, Florida in 1931. And this is where Carl Tanzler was working as a radiologist technician when his dream come true 
through walks in the front door. Because say when the automatic doors open and there's just a swoosh of air and your hair's just, you know, all over the place. And then that music comes on. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, exactly like that. And it's so funny because her name reflects that. Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos. De Hoyos. So we're going to call her Elena. Okay. Elena was not feeling well, and her family brought her in for testing. And when she was there, they discovered that she had tuberculosis, which in that time was terminal. Mm -hmm. So it was really, really sad. Elena checks out and she goes to her parents' house and Carl just kind of creeps along behind. Hoo-hoo, I'm here. <laughs> Still me. <laughs> <laughs> but he begins administering elixirs and potions on her, and which is so weird to me. But the family really had nothing to lose. Right. So they allowed it to go on because he says he loves her and wants her to live. And they believed him. It had also been said that he gave her painful treatments using a device that included electrodes. Oh, and he thought that charging her oxygen electrons could possibly cure her. To see her in pain like that, knowing he's not a doctor. Well, I mean, her family was like, well, go ahead and try it. I mean, she's going to die anyway. I mean, we got nothing to lose, right? Right. <laughs> like, mm, mm. I mean, if that doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> right. If it does, yay. It's just, you get to a point where you think... She's in so much pain. Why are you putting her in more pain? More pain. But also she's ingesting things that they don't know if it'll make it better or worse or what. He would continue to show up at their doorstep and tell her he loved her and bring her gifts. And he even proposed to her. Ugh. Well, Elena made it very clear to him that she was not interested. Yeah. And this went on for three years. <laughs> That's a long time to deal with somebody that you don't really want to come around, right? Well, I mean, I've heard of guys pursuing a woman for eight years. <laughs> I'm just saying there are guys out there. Like her husband. That's who she's talking about. <laughs> that are more persistent. Yeah. Yeah, but they weren't even friends. Right. She was uh, his he, patient. He put her through painful treatments. I mean, you know, she was in pain. Yeah. And let me just fix you even though I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Creepy. That is very creepy. And he just keeps showing up. Now, what kind of tech was he? Radiologic Radio technician. Okay. She just keeps telling them she does not want to be with him. The medicines he kept bringing weren't working. And despite his best efforts, she died three years later in 1931, mm. leaving her family and an obsessed caretaker heartbroken. Oh, caretaker. This is insane. Carl insisted on paying for the funeral and paid for an expensive stone mausoleum in Key West Cemetery and with her parents' permission, hired a mortician to prepare her body before locking her inside. Uh -huh. The family had no idea that Carl would be the only one with a key. Oh, why would they let a stranger even make those arrangements? I know. I could see being like, wow, you loved her so much. You want to buy her this amazing mausoleum. It's such a tribute. It's such an honor to have that. Wow. 
That is such trickery to be like, yeah, but now I'm the only one that can go in. Gross. That is gross. Very disturbing. He had a very sick mind. Carl visited her grave every single night and continued to ask her if she would marry him. He left gifts and even had a telephone installed in her tomb. (gasps) So he could call her day and night? Yes. And just like be in there with her. He spent a lot of time in there he wanted to feel close to her so Mm -hmm. even if he wasn't with her he would call (laughs) i guess as if she was going to answer the phone he went on living his life as if she was still Alive. alive he continued to visit with her for the next two years and during this time frame he was fired from his job at the hospital well, for you unknown think? reasons. He, he was never there <laughs> for unknown reasons. I can't come. Sorry, I'm busy. He already had like three pink slips, I'm sure. Over the next few years, his behavior became very unusual. The people that knew him really became suspicious of him because he was seen purchasing women's clothing and perfume. <laughs> And we know where this is going. Yeah. A young neighbor saw him dancing with what appeared to be a life-size doll through his window. And he stopped visiting Elena's grave. Rumor spread that he was living with her corpse. I don't think that was a rumor. In 1940, Elena's sister, Florinda, heard the rumor and decided to visit Carl herself. Okay, I'm sorry, Andrea. You said 1940. Yes. So she's been dead for nine years already, right? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. She comes over and she kind of reminds me of you because she's like, hey, she... (laughs) Shit bag. (laughs) She doesn't beat around the bush. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, I hear this. I'm coming straight to your face. You tell me where my sister is. Good for her. And he's like, yeah, she's upstairs and takes her to the bedroom. (laughs) That's not an answer I I would expect. I'd be like, come again? (laughs) What? He shows her Elena's body. It looked so disfigured. She thought she was looking at a model of her sister. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But it was later discovered it was actually her corpse. Carl admitted that he broke into to her tomb in April of 1933 and used a cart to transport her body back to his house. And over the next seven years, he worked hard to preserve her body as best as he could. Wow. This is crazy, everything he does. this is so creepy and very disturbing. It is. The pictures are insane. So I will share all of them. He wanted her to remain her beautiful self. So he used coat hangers, wires, and stuffed her torso with rags to have her body keep its shape. And he used plaster of Paris to reconstruct her face and then he touched it up with mortician's wax to kind of hold it all together and he replaced her eyes with glass ones Mm. after her hair fell out Carl made a wig which he stapled to her head oh wow and he used her real hair some of it her mother had given to Carl after her death why her mother gave it I don't know but something to remember her about He used a lot of perfume, flowers, disinfectants, just to help with With the the smell. (laughs) Wow. But probably the creepiest thing was that he had a tube inserted into her vagina. For? For 
accuracy. I don't know. Yeah. Carl never confessed to committing necrophilia. And there was no evidence that there was postmortem intercourse. But he did keep her in his bed dressed up with jewelry. Can you imagine? The smell alone. When he took her home, he restored her in this laboratory that he had built. And the laboratory was built in the shape of an airplane. And I can't make this up. He called it Elena's airship. And it's real. His plan was to eventually use the plane to bring her back to life. And he thought that he could fly it into space so that radiation could penetrate her tissues and restore life to her. You know, the things some people come up with, I'm like, I don't even, wow. The back end kind of looks like a plane. The front end really doesn't. Mm. And he's spent a lot of time on this thing. There's no way I would get in it. He must have loved her a lot to make it because you can tell a lot of work went into it. Well, but it sounds like more like he did it for himself. He loved her. He needed her and wanted her. It was for him, you know, trying to bring her back to life. For him. For him. Not for her. She didn't want him to begin with. (laughs) Right. It's like a stalker, but after death. Just feel so bad for these bodies being so misused. I mean, that is just... mm -mm -mm. Now, some people don't really care what happens to their bodies after they die. Like, burn me, don't care. But for me... I would be mad. (laughs) You better believe it. I don't want to sleep with you. Right. No means no. That's right. Jeez, wow. Carl was deemed to stand trial after a psychiatric evaluation. Believe it or not, he was charged with destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. But the charges were dropped since the statute of limitations had expired. Wow. And after his arrest, the public had a reaction of sympathy instead of outrage, which to me was... For him? Yes. They were sad for him because he was lonely. Before her remains were laid to rest in an unmarked grave, her modified corpse was put on display at a funeral home where 6,000 people came to see her modified body. Why would the parents allow that? I don't know. Why did the parents allow so many things? Her face looked so funky, creepy. She did not look like herself. I feel like she kind of was a spectacle yeah. at that point. Yeah. Like people were coming sure. to see, you know, the monster. If they put her on public display, that's exactly what she was, a spectacle. Come see what Carl's done. And yeah. then it becomes about Carl. Right. Yeah. So what made Carl tick? He was born in 1877 and lived in Austria until 1910. And when he was there, he studied weather patterns, which I think later influenced his air travel interests. But in 1920, he actually got married and he had two children. Oh. He had abandoned his wife and kids after moving to Zephyrus, Florida, right before he went to go work at that hospital. And when he went to work there, he began work under the name Count Carl von Kassel. Uh-huh. And he claimed 
as a young boy that he had a vision of a one true love that was described as an exotic, dark-haired woman. And he claimed that that woman was Elena when he saw her. Mm. He passed away in 1952. And when he passed away, he had a life-size doll of her with him at the time of his death. So he never gave up. He never gave up. I have seen pictures of dolls of like the two of them because that's kind of their story. I have yeah. to see pictures. Yeah. Necrophilia is when you have an attraction or a sexual relations with a corpse. And I think he definitely had the desire to. Why else would he insert that in her? So I he think totally he did. definitely was. Mm-hmm. And that comes from they want to have a partner that does not resist them. And it could stem from needing someone that's non-judgmental mm-hmm. from a fear of being hurt. And some people might feel less anxiety due to lowered social, emotional, and sexual expectations. So you'd like rather lay there with a corpse than with somebody that could turn you away. Right. Reject you. But I mean, she did for what, three years? Yeah. But he didn't want just any corpse. He wanted her. Mm -hmm. And I think it's gross. Yeah, very much so. Why the name change? And there is no evidence that Carl held any such title He suffered from delusions that caused him to obsess over her. So no matter how bizarre, he had a plan to bring her back to life. His obsession with her, fueled by delusions of having some connection with her in space, made living with her corpse tolerable. And it's just bizarre that he could think he could be somewhat of a Frankenstein, like bring her back to life. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, definitely delusional. I mean, I'm surprised they deemed him fit to stand trial because I would probably send him straight to the loony bin. I feel like that's where he needed to be. Right. I just can't imagine how stressed and angry her family was mm-hmm. with the statute of limitations yeah, running which out is like weird, that. weird because, I mean, it was by that time, nine years or so. Uh-huh. That was kind of fast. That is always so interesting to me. And and it's different for every state. Like, yeah. how long can you get away with what? Right. Yeah, that's very interesting. I just can't get those glass eyeballs out of my head. <laughs> it's like taxidermy, what he was trying to do. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly like that. It's like, you're just so cute. I want you yeah. forever. Mm, I love it's you. It's kind of like... Anatoly Moscovin, which I covered, but he did the same thing, but with hundreds of little girls Mm -hmm. and made them into dolls. Yeah. And then there's Ed Gein who made furniture. You have a type, Andrea. You have a type. I do. I do. But this one is different because it's a love story, but it's funny. He loved her and she just wasn't there. And, so. and, you know, I can picture her, you know, back then it was a different time. And I'm sure maybe she was not as straightforward as her sister. And she was probably sweet. I mean, she was sick. And maybe he just didn't think she was serious because she was just too nice in her rejection. Maybe she thought this guy could make it so that I live. Right. And she didn't want to be maybe too mean. I don't know. I feel bad for her. Me too. 
man, that's a rough spot to be in. Yeah. Thank you for listening, you guys. I really had fun looking this up. I absolutely love this case. It's bizarre, which is my thing. Yes. Uh, if you have an idea for a case, shoot us an email, judgycrimegirls at gmail.com. It's always fun getting together with you. Thank you so much. Give us a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on our social medias. That's right. Follow us in all the places. Have a good week. Okay. Yeah, we love, love you. you. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I can feel it. Don't forget to give us uh, a review. A girl review.